everybody. I'm recording this on the 19th. On the 17th and 16th was a very special day for Knoxville because that was the very first two days that in last year, 2018, that Central Cinema had opened up the theater. Yes, for the past eight or nine years before it, they had been running the Knoxville Horror Fest and monthly screenings. And then on the year 2017, I might be wrong, I went there on Valentine's Day. See, the weirdest damn thing ever me. I seen William and his one of his two partners. I forget the name because I'm an old senile goat. Uh, basic. Well, not basically. He was measuring the floors. And I was like, why are you measuring the floors yet? Oh, we have this idea of opening in our own theater. And it's like, oh, cool. And a year later, and well, basically a year later, the theater opened. And now we're on start of the second year of Central Cinema being open. And for that, this is a special thank you from all of us who enjoy the theater to you. And with interviews with William Mahaffey and other, the other two big names that I could trap into an interview. Jessica Ship and Ian, who is the master of the merchandise table. And always works the merchandise every year. So here we go, kids. First up off the blocks is William Mahaffey. And you will get some good information about this year's fest on it, too. So, we'll see you after the interview, folks. Hello, everybody. And right now we have with us uh, one of the co-founders of the Knoxville Film Fest and one of the owners of Central Cinema, William Mahaffey. Say hello, William. Hey. How are you guys doing? Uh, man, one year. Did you really expect when you started showing films on a sheet back in the days that it would go as far as it has? No, definitely not. I never thought that it would turn into a full-time thing like this. And you have done a great year. I mean, I love how you really catered to the kids and how that seems to caught on a lot. Uh, yeah, it's done pretty well. With uh, Certain kids' movies do better than others. Um, that hasn't caught on nearly as much as we hope, but we have had you know, a lot of kids coming in and seeing classics that um, they've never seen before, and that's always really cool. Yeah, and Star Wars. Yeah, definitely Star Wars. That was a big one for kids. Yeah. And it's ironic. On your anniversary, you're having the new film from the director of the first one that you showed a short film of and the first independent one that you showed a film of. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even think about that, but that is really crazy now that you mention it. I'll have to tell Ricky that. That will be that. Ricky Bates with his new one, Tone Deaf. I cannot wait to see it. I hope it's as messed up as his other ones are. 
Yeah, I'm really excited for it. I haven't seen it yet, and I didn't know. I knew it was coming out before the festival, and we wouldn't be able to get it. And I didn't know if we'd be able to book it, but luckily that worked out. Yeah. I mean, how is the theater doing? Is it doing uh, doing good? Yeah, uh, it's definitely doing well. Like, um, you know, we have some weekends that are better than others, but um, I feel like for it only being a year that we've done a lot better than a whole lot of people do when they first open a business and we've already got a good following and we get new people in every weekend and, you know, we still sell out screenings every few weeks. So it's definitely going well. And you had a burlesque show. You've had comedy show. You've had a karaoke. Yeah, we've been. Concerts. (laughs) Yeah, we've had some, some, Bands play, and we've we've got a few more comedy shows booked, and I think the burlesque troupe has an idea they want to try in the coming months. So yeah, we're trying to you know make it a space for the community, and so they can come in and you know bring their 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 uh, creativity to the theater. And you guys are definitely going to be busy this month. I mean, this month is packed. Yeah, I kind of intentionally overloaded this month since it was our anniversary. I figured it needed to feel big. Yeah, and out of all the old ones, the ones that I say that everyone should see if they haven't seen before is Flyer in the Sky. Oh, yeah, I'm excited about that, too. I'm hoping people turn out for it. That's a partnership with a new convention here called Alien Expo, and they've got the author... Uh, of the book that Fire in the Sky is based off of, and uh, who you know he was an abductee and yeah, right. um, yeah, and uh, so that's cool, and we're excited to have that, and it's it's cool to partner up with these conventions. We've also got um, the convention CreepyCon, which I think this is going to be their third year. They wanted to do House of a Thousand Corpses, so we're going to have that uh, towards the end of the month, and that's kind of a nice lead in to. Uh, Rob Zombie's new movie, which is coming yeah. soon. Are you going to try to do the whole trilogy before uh, the end of October? Yeah, I think that we might uh, be able to to get to the other ones. And That's what I'm... Uh, how did you how did you get it? Part one. Well, we work with Warner Brothers a lot, and they were doing a re-release since the new film comes out next month, and, you know, we got offered it, and we kind of put a feeler out on social media, and people were excited about it, so um, we figured, you know, why not give people another chance to see it before, uh, and see it at our theater uh, before that, before the new one comes out, so, and we're still talking about possibly doing the original, too only seen it on streaming or got the DVD. Yeah, it's definitely much more effective in the theater. And you still and I still vote that you should try to get a 35mm screening of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at the Central. Well, that would be nice, but it's going to be uh, pretty hard for us to set up 35mm for the foreseeable future. It'll take some... Honestly, it'll probably take some construction to to change how it's laid out to where we would be able to accommodate it. But 
you know, we've been doing the 16-millimeter screenings since that's really the only thing we can do with film right now, but those have been really cool, and um, we're hoping to keep those up uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, this month is packed. I mean, there's, like, great kids' movies, great. They're really doing doing it right. Well, thank you. And the ones you've picked for the fest so far is interesting. The one that... You've released about one or two, right? I forget how many. We've got we've announced four, and actually this um, this Thursday, mm-hmm. I'll be announcing three or four more. I'm still waiting on something about one of the films, but at least three more films. Hopefully, four will be announced on Thursday at Freddie vs. Jason. What are the three that's been announced so far for those who are just listening to this show? Okay, so far we have announced. Um, Daniel isn't real, uh, which is kind of it's about um it's one of my it's actually one of my favorite horror films that I've seen this year or the last couple of years. Uh, but it's about a guy who had an imaginary friend when he was a child, and it made him do something really bad, and he kind of found a way to lock it away. But then when he becomes an adult, it comes back, and then he has to deal with it. Nice. And then we've also announced Bliss, which is uh, one of the new films from director Joe Bigos, who did Almost Human and The Mind's Eye. And that movie is super intense. It's about an artist who takes a drug and kind of goes insane and uh, the crazy path that takes her down. And uh, it feels almost like Joe Bigos doing Gaspar Noe. It's, It's pretty wild. And we have The Girl on the Third Floor, which is Travis Stevens' directorial debut. It stars CM Punk, and that film is really great. And the other one we announced is Porno, which is not a porno, but it's a movie about a bunch of kids who work in a movie theater, and they're staying late to watch a movie, and the owner tells them they can they're, – they're the employees there, but the, their boss tells them they can watch whatever movie they want, and they – uh, happen upon this secret area of the theater that nobody knew existed, and they played this film that kind of looks like a Suspiria-type film, but with more um, adult stuff in it, and it summons a succubus that they have to deal with. And it's kind of like a... kind of in the same vein as maybe like Evil Dead 2, like a, a comedy gore fest that's really funny. Oh. Nice. That one I'm really excited about too. I think that that one's going to go over really well with the crowd. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I've rarely seen you put one where the whole crowd doesn't get into it. Yeah, I I, I try to be really careful about what we book. I'm actually this year, honestly, like I'm very very excited about the festival. I mean, I'm always excited about it, but the stuff that we have so far, I've got we've got some of the biggest and most notable films have been playing the festival circuit this year and I think it's like our strongest fest in a couple of years in terms of new movies and and um, we've got some cool repertory stuff we're going to be doing too now like I'm surprised that you guys got knife plus heart that one well more surprised that that you got it in a regular slot and not a festival slot a fest lot. Yeah. 
Well, that's the great thing about the theater is that every year with the festival, we would, you know, I hear about what the good films are early in the year, and then I'm chasing all of them, and then they, as they get released, you know, it kind of eliminates them from the festival. But now, with Central Cinema, we're able to do those movies year-round, so there's not as many that slip by as, um, which is really cool. Especially if you look at the, I think we've announced pretty much everything, but over the next couple of months, it, there's several titles that I was trying to get for the Film Fest that are just going to be played at the theater. Like, start of next month, we're going to have Satanic Panic, uh, which is a new Fangoria film that looks like a lot of fun. And we've got Tigers Are Not Afraid, which is a Mexican film that's very Guillermo del Toro-like that I really love. And um, we've got the movie Freaks, which has got Emil Hirsch and Bruce Dern. It's kind of a horror movie, but kind of more of like a, a alternate take on superhero or people with superpowers. But it's really, really good. And uh, we've got a couple more coming in October that I can't announce yet. But um, there's all these films that are playing at the theater up until then would put it would would be in the horror fest if if I could have them. But you know now we just get to watch them earlier. I'm glad you finally got Mandy down there. Because I can remember <laughs> yeah, that was, every time I went there, even through the fest, if I had, well, if you got paid $50 every time last year's fest, someone said, oh, why didn't you get Mandy? Are you getting Bandy? You would have the fest pay covered by the end of one day. Yeah, that was definitely when the theater opened. That was one of the most requested films, and we tried for months to get it and uh, finally did. Thankfully, and yeah, that's definitely a movie you need to see in the theater with the with a crowd. Is this year's fest going to be central only, or is it going to be business as usual with half at the central and the biggest day at the downtown west? Well, right now things are there's going to be it's going to be at Central Cinema more for sure. There's still going to be one day or most of a day at a regal but i don't know where yet because there's something that i'm working on that i can't talk about yet but if it happens it's going to kind of change how the festival is structured um but hopefully i'll find out about that soon i I would like to have the entire fest announced by the end of august um and there's one big thing that's holding up announcing all the films uh that i should find out in the next couple weeks and if it happens it's going to be really really Awesome. But, uh, yeah, I would expect that most likely it's going to be all at Central Cinema except Saturday. We will probably be at Downtown West and possibly at a different Regal for part of the day. Yeah. Uh, are you going to have a classic film slot like you've been doing the last two years at the Fest? Yeah, that is what is holding up the venue thing, uh, uh, yeah, I, as soon as I know about that, um, I'll let you know. I am going to announce one. Uh, it's not a classic, but it's an older film. I'm going to be announcing that on Thursday at our. We do the Knoxville Horror Film Fest presents every month at Central Cinema, and this month it's Freddy vs. Jason because I'm. We've been kind of slowly going through all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies out of order, and I think that movie is fun, and I thought it'd be kind of fun to do it this month. So. Well, there's so many new 4K releases that are starting to hit the 
festival circuits and stuff, I can't even think of guessing. Like the drive-in fest that I'm going to next month, they're going to be showing the new remaster of The Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. Yeah, that one looks that one looks really good. I'm excited to see that. But yeah, I mean, it's a wild trip from uh, having one night at the Downtown West showing John dies at the end, and from way just looking at you and the other ones, y'all were scared that first night. I was like, did we screw up? Are we going to lose the money? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that was uh, you know, it's any kind of transitional year, you never know what's going to happen, but I think the festival definitely took a turn for the better there. Um because we've only grown since then. And well, we know I, we're planning I, I I can't confirm yet or not, but it's, we're probably going to have Shockwaves podcast out again. And um there'll be some more events that come with that and another another difference from this year than last year is last year it was a tenth festival and i really wanted to cram as many films in as possible but i think that it actually made it a little overwhelming having so many so we are probably gonna book a decent amount less it's still gonna be over 10 but i want to create time for people to just hang out and relax because we got a lot of people who travel in now and um, it's nice to be able, you know, like we had a karaoke party last year. I, w- I want to try to create some more things like that where people can just hang out and talk about the movies they've seen rather than just, you know, have their eyes glued to a screen for uh, however many hours, uh, longer than 48 probably, with all the <laughs> movies that were in there last year. Yeah. It got vicious between, I think, Luz and... Uh, uh, the one that you had after that last year because there was so little of the bathroom time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had you know, we had the tech problems last year too. But uh yeah, this year it's gonna be kinda I'm I'm working on spacing it out a little bit more so that, you know, people have time to hang out and we're gonna try to maybe get some food trucks at Central Cinema so that way um if you know, people We'll have access to dinner and not have to, you know, go run somewhere and miss something. Yeah. But yeah, it's coming together. It's crazy that it's almost October again. It's uh, it's stressful. It's crazy that you guys have made it one made it one year when, like I said, coming from just showing your movies on a sheet to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's been so long, but, you know, once you get busy, then time flies by fast. It definitely doesn't feel like it's been a year since the theater opened. Yeah. Well, last year you were so busy building the theater that... Yeah, that feels like a year that just uh, didn't happen. It's hard to even remember what we did then besides paint a lot and... uh, you know, try to figure out how we were going to make it happen, but we're well into it now, and, you know, things are going well. Well, thank you, and we're going to have other people. The other ones that we that are going to be on this show, this is the first one. 
are going to be we have Jessica Ship, a couple of the people that work for you, and uh, Jill Jazarian. If I can remember to get her to record before she gets neck deep in whatever project she's doing. <laughs> yeah, she stays pretty busy. She's been helping me with the fest, though. She's been a huge help to me. And from all of us who come there, thank you for giving that. And thank you for playing Dragged Across Concrete. Of all the films you showed this year, that was the one that I would put highest on my I'm not going to get to see this in the theater list. I just wish you Yeah, did, that was man. a big one for me, too. And try to get The Lighthouse, because it would be nice to see Robert Eggers' new film at Central. Yeah, I uh, I don't think... That's A24, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that one's probably not going to happen. <laughs> A24 aren't uh, as uh, easy to work with as I would have hoped. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I, I still try to get stuff from so you never know. And thank you for talking to us, and keep going for another year, and keep getting better. And oh. thank you for everything you've done to support the community. You helped iJams. You helped uh, April with, uh, heck, her baby's got to be the official baby of Central Cinema now, because you did the, <laughs> uh, did the uh, charity thing for her. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, now I'm really excited for April and her wife Jamie and yeah. um and all this I'm glad that things have been going well for is why you should come to Knoxville and if you do go to Central Cinema. It's the kind of theaters that everyone bitches, I wish I had one in my area. I'm like, Are you close to this area? Yeah. Then come to it. I might someday. No, now. <laughs> we have a surprising amount of people travel. Um, this weekend we had a, a guy come in and from Atlanta to watch Return of the Jedi. Uh, I think he might have stayed and watched it twice. Yeah. Well, we're getting to a whole generation that hasn't got to see the classic films on the screen. Yeah, there's yeah, it's, it's crazy how many people. It makes you feel old. Uh, it's crazy how many people come in, and you know, I just assume that people have seen all these in the theater, but that is not the case for most of the stuff we're showing now. Yeah, it makes me feel old looking at the films getting re-released on like twenty-year anniversary, thirty-year anniversary of Maniac. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely does make you feel old. Yeah. And thank you for being on, William, and there will be more to come. And if you're in the area, just come out to Central and see what's playing. There's always something good. may not be what you expect, but it will be good. Well, thank you. I appreciate you always talking us up and supporting us and having me back on all the time. Well, you played a field in England, uh... Uh, Mandy, uh, Dragged Across Concrete, The Clove Hitch Killers. I wouldn't even have known about The Clove Hitch Killer or Field of England if you guys hadn't showed it. Yeah, I, I mean, that one was a surprise for sure. Uh, 
it was uh it was a really pleasant surprise. You know, that movie was awesome and I wish that we'd um been able to give it a better slot. But we brought it back in December to the theater and it did well, so Yeah. Um I feel like a lot more people found out about it because of that. Yeah. And thank you again and we have more to come. Thank you, William, again and goodbye. All right, thanks. Bye. And that was Will Mahaffe, folks. Next on the block is Ian, the merchandise guy. And this is the longest of the interviews, but we talk about the theater, the old days at the Knoxville, Knoxville Horror Fest. See, I'm not perfect. You shouldn't even be listening to me. <laughs> but, yeah, he's been working the merchandise table about as long as they've had a merchandise table. And he's pretty, and he's a good guy too. One of the first people I made friends with, because the first couple of years, Mahaffe himself was too nervous and busy to really be friends with the people. And it's like in the old days, oh God, are we going to sell out? Oh God, we sell out nowadays. Oh, you mean the whole theater got fired, got set on fire, and set up in smoke? Okay, we'll take off the film that was on fire, try to replace the camera and uh, tell everyone that that was sensed around and we'll get it done in 10 minutes. That's the kind of person he is nowadays. So he's gotten professionals. But here is Ian, and we'll see you after the interview. Thank you very much, and again... Happy birthday to you, Central Cinema. See you when we're back. Hello, everybody, and we're back. And, oh, hello, everybody, and we're back. Uh, we just talked to William Mahaffey, and now we have uh, Ian, who, well, for a year or so, he's been working the merchandise table at the Knoxville Horror Fest. And he's done some films, too, especially that one about nostalgia. Did you ever put that one on YouTube? Uh, I don't think Jason did put that on uh, YouTube yet. I may need to double-check that. That may be on the Bottomless Pit production uh, YouTube page. But that was hilarious. That was funny. That was his idea, too, primarily. Uh, really, really sold it on it. We got videotapes. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, working the merch table at the conventions, too. Uh, those uh, nostalgia videotapes, people go crazy for that stuff. That's what people like. Yeah. What I think of funny is last year you were uh, busy doing something and they had someone else working the merchandise table and he was so confused they finally just said, screw it, get Ian over here. He knows what he's doing. 
Uh, I, I had a, a lot of experience with that kind of stuff from, like, bands and um, I guess I've done sales in pretty much every job I have. I like talking to everybody, too. It's fun. Yeah, and who would think they've been doing uh, the Knoxville Festival? Well, it's one year for Central, but they've been doing this for 11 years now come <laughs> this October. Um, well, so I think uh, last year the whole thing was it was ten festivals, but nine years or something like that. So I think it's officially ten years this year. Yeah. Well, on the first year it was just short films showed on a sheet. They didn't show a, a theatrical film until the second one. Right. What was the uh, uh, feature length? That they showed for the second horror fest? Uh, it was VHS and Excision. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know if that was the second year, Steve. I was there for VHS. I didn't see that. Now, all I know is I've seen it in a few years in the art thing, and all I've seen was local films by local filmmakers. And I was like, eh. And then at the fourth year, John dies at the end. What? Yeah, I love that stuff. They didn't have that stuff when I was growing up uh, in the place that I grew up. I grew up in uh, Lake City, not not too far down the road from you, Steve. Uh, I didn't oh, realize, I know Lake uh, City, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize you were in La Follette. Yeah, y'all, man, that had to be rough. You had to drive all the way up to La Follette or all the way up to Knoxville. <laughs> Just yeah, if I wanted to go see a movie. Yeah, if we wanted to go see a movie, we went to La Follette a lot of times. Uh, you know about the beloved La Follette twin. They turned it into a church. I consider that blasphemy. Amen. I, I had heard it wasn't a uh uh movie theater anymore. That sucks. I think the last yeah, movie I saw it uh, gave up their lease, uh some church group moved into it. Damn. Uh, I'm trying to think of some stuff. I thought, I think the last thing I saw there was Iron Man. Uh, I remember watching uh, Mission Impossible 2 is the one that's directed by John Woo, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember being in that uh, in that movie at that theater, and like my friend leaned over to me and was like, I just realized. That guy's not really riding that motorcycle. That's Tom Cruise doing a stunt on a motorcycle. And it took me out of the movie for a second, but I was like, oh, man, that's movie magic. Uh, That was kind of one of the first times I ever thought about that kind of thing during a movie. I think uh, Tom Cruise is just stupid enough to do it. Remember, in the last Mission Impossible film, he screwed it up for about a month because he broke his ankle doing a stunt. Yeah, I mean, I heard... Uh, that he did do all his stunts for that movie. That's crazy. But, yeah, once it started to get going, it was like the year they showed uh, John Dies at the End, it was like halfway full. And then it just seems like it keeps getting bigger and bigger every year. Uh, Yeah, I see a lot of people every year that I only see at that thing and never see them around town all year long. Yeah, But, like, I mean, that's hey, I got to go there. I got to see that dude. I only seen him last year. 
Yeah. I guess that's just a testament to the fact that people like that shit. Um, you know, people uh, that they are providing a, a service to people that uh, goes otherwise unprovided by any other outlet. Yeah, well, how many films that they've shown in the Central Order Fest that you would see in a normal theater? The only ones that I can remember is when they teamed up with Downtown West to show Holy Boaters and when Downtown West showed Tragedy Girls. Uh, well, I mean, aside from the stuff uh, like Zombie or, or Suspiria or Phantasm, uh, they do get um, they do get stuff that I think could play theatrically at Downtown West. Otherwise, that might not like uh, Trash Fire. That's uh, that other Ricky Bates movie. That's uh, I think that definitely could have had limited run or limited release. I don't know if it uh, did uh, outside of, like VOD. Yeah, every time I see a Ricky Bates movie, it always comes to my head: Why don't people love him more? Uh, yeah, I mean, he seems to have his uh, finger on the pulse of the zeitgeist. Maybe this next one will be his breakout hit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they work with some pretty big studios. I know Magnet and them has been pretty tight. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. Who's Magnet? What do they distribute? Uh, VHS, VH2, ABC The Death 1 and oh. 2, uh, The Greasy Strangler. Uh, I'm not sure how William gets a lot of the contacts he does. Uh, he, he stays on it, though. He uh, definitely has his finger on the, the pulse of America with a lot of that stuff, too. Or I guess he looks at what, what else is in the uh, movie festival circuit also that might well, don't worry. catch on in Remember, movie. a few of them he goes to the Chattanooga Fest to see. Right. Uh, what's that fellow that uh, does that? Chris Dorch? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the guy that puts on the Chattanooga uh, Festival. He, uh, he's he got a pretty good sensibility for programming as well. Yeah, but I know there's a lot of people in Knox to go come to the Knoxville Fest or people from this area who can't make it to Chattanooga. Oh, yep, yeah. that's, uh, that's me. I mean, I would love to go to the Chattanooga one. I just don't always have the time or the resources to drive all the way down there for the weekend. Yeah. I'm starting to see new faces there, and I'm starting to see the older, older faces turn into the, this is our thing, man. I hate all these new people showing up. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully uh, hopefully uh, nobody's too cool for it because they liked it first. Uh, I mean, that's, I guess, the, the double-edged sword of uh, anything you like being successful eventually uh, kind of outgrows the, version of it that felt personal to you, but uh, that just means it's more fun for everybody. I'd love to see. Yeah, well, I just, I was hoping they would, because with the quality of movies and stuff they show, I'd be, I'm like, don't let them fail. I'll, we need more movies like this. Well, and, uh, you know, some of that stuff winds up on streaming services, but it gets buried under all the other stuff that's on there. It can be difficult to uh, cut through the fat of what's available on everything being available at your fingertips uh it is kind of cool to have somebody 
curating some of that to play certain ways. Like, you know, you have a, a block of shorts that are thematically similar to the feature that uh, tops out the block. I like that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's what kills me because it's harder to see the short films that they show than it is the feature films. Oh, yeah, if you see something that you like from a festival, uh, a lot of times it might be years before you actually get to see it again on the Internet. Yeah, like uh, Lose, which you paid back in October, it just it, it ain't going to hit VOD, I think, till October. Uh, I mean, how long did it take for uh, William uh, to to come out on the internet? Well, he had been there for a while, but he was he, he he basically uh, put it on the rent and rented it until it was time for BFF girls, and then he put it out. What is that guy's name again? Oh, I should know. I got a crow hand on my wall. Sorry. Brian Brian Lanano. Brian Lanano, yeah. Lanano. Lanano, yeah. Hello, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not Brian Lanano. I tried to get him for this uh, anniversary show, but if you're friends with him, he's not in. Well, he's making his first feature film, and something's happened that. Right now is not a good time for him to do anything. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, my condolences there. But, but I am going to get Jill and all them. If I can get Jill to stop making a movie. Pfft. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, the idea of, of uh, the style is being expanded to a feature-length film. Uh, yeah. I think it's conceptually strong enough to be good. I'd, I'd love to see how it turns out. I mean, there's just so many ways you could take it. You could take it as a straight horror film or as a bizarre crime movie. She solves crime by stealing their memories through their scalps. <laughs> That's pretty good. So what's your favorite short from all the uh, festivals that you've been to? Uh, of Knoxville? Yeah, of the Knoxville Horror Film Festival. Probably William. <laughs> <laughs> it sticks out in my mind too. Yeah. Uh let's see. William uh William's tips or tricks too. Oh yeah, that was and last of year. course the chickening. Oh yeah, chickening was uh all time classic. Played that before uh, uh the shining when they showed it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on YouTube. It's only been changed a little bit for music rights. But the chickening is on YouTube, and we what you see, you be like, "What the hell is this?" Same with William; it's up on YouTube for free too now. Oh, is it nice? Yeah. I'll be sure to watch that again. I watched the chickening again not too long ago. But yeah, and plus, William—they create a friendly atmosphere. You know, it isn't all business like I've seen. Most festivals really turn into. Oh sure. Well, I, I think uh, a lot of uh, the fun of it is that everybody is into genre movies. You know, uh, it's fun being able to be around everybody and yeah, hear what everybody's doing. Yeah, there to see the movie. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, everybody that shows up also is really into watching whatever is on, too. Uh, uh, you know, the, the the movies are the star of the show. Yeah. Oh, and Attack of the Film Geeks uh, is coming out soon. What's that? The one they showed last year with a, uh, the documentary oh, yeah. on the VHS uh, years. Attack of the Film Freaks, I think that might be. Oh, yeah, Film Freaks. Yeah, that was good. I uh, can't wait to watch that again. Uh, is that, like, picked up for distribution by somebody? No, for right now they're selling it through their, uh, pre-selling it through their uh, uh, GoFundMe page. Oh, nice. No, Kickstarter, yeah. Well, I would love Which to watch way, it again. I like, I like buying a movie in a way where these little guys get all the money. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's the independent cinema dream, uh, I would think. I mean, obviously, it's probably easier to uh, get it in front of a lot more people with distributors, but uh, being able to make your money back directly on something that you invested in, that's pretty... Uh, Pretty entrepreneurial as far as independent film goes. Well, we get, and all the big theaters usually get is crap. This has been a rare exception of a summer. Yeah, I guess I have seen a lot of good movies this year. I saw Midsummer. Um, I watched Crawl. That was fun. Did you watch yeah, Crawl? Crawl, Midsummer. Uh, well, Scary Tales comes out this week. I don't know about that. I'm going to watch it. It looks fun. And we have... We'll see. I'm trying and to think of what's shown it. Re- remake reboot didn't turn out bad. They actually... I was impressed. I was like, they did a smart idea. Oh, don't spoil it for me, Steve. I haven't seen the Child's Play remake. Everybody already told me everything about it. I mean, I guess you're not going to spoil it. Yeah, like I don't cool want to spoil it, but they actually tried something rather than let's just make the same movie over again. I commend them on it then. Do you know who the director is on the remake? No, who? No, I, I don't know offhand either. Oh. Only real big director for me this summer was uh, Alexander Aja making Crawl. I always like his movies. They're kind of like a guilty pleasure for me sometimes. I went and saw uh, uh, High Tension two or three times when it came out. Um, and I, I didn't necessarily like the uh, Hills Have Eyes remake, but I had fun watching it. It's uh, visually interesting. I think uh, his cinematographer uh, that he works with on all that stuff is really good. Um, I can't think of the guy's name offhand, but. Yeah. He's, He's a great movie. B movie director. We were that's a dying breed nowadays. Yeah, I guess Crawl or Crawl is definitely a, a B kind of movie. Uh produced yeah, the kind by of movie Sam Reed. Drive in and then just hoot and holler and honk your horn and just have a blast with it. I was pretty spooked. Except that I I don't know. I guess you don't see the recovery process afterwards, but uh, yeah, they get mauled pretty bad to keep on ticking the way they do. 
and good Lord, is Central for their anniversary month. They've really got this packed. It's like if it was the movies were real, real. You could just see them in this giant box in the box, straining to hold together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they were all film canisters, I think it would uh, break through the floor in there. I, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of what's playing the uh, this weekend. Uh, Sword of Truth. I forget oh, what yeah. else. Night was last weekend. Da, da, da. Let me see. Hold on. Oh, we'll be back in a second, folks. I've got it here where I shared it on Facebook. Nice. Yeah, because if I see something good, I want to support it just so more people will see good and they make more money and they bring out more good. It's a vicious circle, but, hey, that's the way you need to do it. Uh, I watch all sorts of stuff that I've already seen there just because uh, the atmosphere with the uh, – sound system and the screen being so much bigger, it's uh, more than what I can replicate in my home theater sound system a lot of times, you know, the bass and the the sound panning from speaker to speaker. Uh, Yeah. Watching American Werewolf in London was one that I really enjoyed a lot more than I already enjoyed it uh, watching it in the theater. Saturday is two late 90s classics in one. What the fuck movie? What is it? Uh, the uh, Fight Club. Oh, yeah. Anthony's a Hate About You and Miyaki's Dead or Alive. Oh, yeah, I probably will go watch Dead or Alive. <laughs> I Have just recently... Uh, yeah, I watched it when I first uh, got into Tsukashi Miike stuff. Yeah. Uh, I guess the last one, you people who haven't heard it before is... Go snort a big pile of cocaine and take some speed and then write a Yakuza film. Uh, it's a lot of fast cuts of stuff, you know, gangster stuff. Um, and it, it is gets very, very crazy uh, at the end with one hell of an ending. <laughs> it's a pretty frenetic camera style throughout the whole movie. I just recently uh, watched the third one, um, which is supposed to be like cyberpunk. Yeah, uh, I forget what Dead or Alive Three. I think it's just called that. But yeah, cyberpunk, where the two leads end up being for some reason this super robot. <laughs> yeah. The kind of UK stuff. I you know I'm not gonna say it's like good or bad, but it's. So his style, a lot of times, it, it's always interesting for me to watch what what makes one of his movies his movies. Yeah. Well, they showed one last, two years. No, it was two years ago they showed uh, Sword of Vengeance, and I love that one. Oh, uh, Blade of the Immortal. Yeah, Blade of the That's Immortal. You gotta love yeah. any movie that kills over. Uh, 300 people in its final fight, and the first one killed is Sonny Chiba. Is Sonny Chiba in that movie? Yeah, you know that old man who goes, I'll kill her, and then walks up to her? <laughs> yeah. That's Chiba. Oh, man. That's rich. <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy shit, it's Sonny Chiba. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll be That's another thing I like about the 
There's always one film in there you're like, what? Oh, yeah, in the horror fest, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a couple. Uh, I think, was that the same year they played Anna and the Apocalypse? No, uh, no that, was that was the year they played uh, Kuzo and uh, Tragedy yeah. Girl and The Endless. Damn, that was one hell of a stack Saturday. Yeah, uh, Kuzo is definitely a, a what-the-fuck movie. I just well, recently I rewatched it. On. Yeah. I made sure it's to see Kuzo before I seen it at the fest because I wanted to watch the audience, and, God, that was entertaining. <laughs> Lots of gross-outs. Lots of uh, people yeah, squirming in their seats. Yeah. None of the audience got broke until the scene with George Clinton. Uh. Yeah, I, I think everybody was pretty into it by then. Everybody that was there was... Yeah, uh, as soon as they seen where the bug come from, everybody was like, ah, ooh, god damn, why? <laughs> Not a dry seat in the house. Oh, most of them was like horrified. <laughs> <laughs> and the end scene, too, that's the second time the audience broke. They are like, ah, <laughs> I just recently rewatched it on Amazon. Uh, one of my friends was like, "Let's watch a fucked up movie, man. Put on something really fucked up and weird." And I was like, "Okay." So I put that on, and uh, yeah, and he was like, "Man, this is really fucked up and weird." <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the funner live watches I ever had on there. Because uh, my two co my two ex co hosts hadn't seen it before, and just their reactions to it, like what the hell? <laughs> I don't think I, I would be worried if that was anybody, if anybody had any other reaction than that to that movie. <laughs> There's only one guy that they have a show at Central that I'm praying that they get one day. What's that? Joe Worski film. I don't care which one. Just get one. There's been a lot of talk about that. Uh, you know, the people who are big fans of uh, El Topo as a, a midnight movie. Uh, I think I like Holy Mountain as a movie a lot more. Uh, I, oh, God. I would probably Holy Mountain. Like uh, yeah, it's the better film, but El Topo was the first midnight movie. Right, of course. God, I love the Holy Mountain. I'll freak. That's the one I use to freak people out. They're like, "What the hell?" That's another good what the fuck movie. Uh, I mean, in the sense that there's some strong imagery in the movie. So uh, by the time you really get to the point that Yodorowsky's trying to make, uh, you're still there. It really kind of takes you somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I suspect if he'll show one, it'll probably be Santa Sangre. That's his popular film because that's his most normal one. It's a little more straightforward, more palatable for general audiences. Yeah. And it's two autobiographical films if you haven't seen them, are great. Uh, has he made uh, biographical movies about anybody? Himself. Oh, well, yeah, I know El Topo is, like, supposed to be autobiographical in some way. Oh, Dance of Reality and Eternal Poetry. 
Oh, wow. So they're more literal autobiographies? Yes. In a Jodorowsky. Uh, let's see. Dance of Reality is Jodorowsky's life from about eight till he leaves Spain and, uh, at about 10 or 12. And Dance of Reality is 12 to when he leaves for Mexico. Well, he leaves for France. And that's where he meets Marcel Marceau and all that and gets to the point where he starts making movies. But I don't know if he'll ever get uh, the third, fourth, fifth done. Yeah, I thought I heard about those. Those just came out a couple years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, do remember hearing about that. Uh, I didn't get to see them, though. Are they, like, documentaries or are they, um, like, biopic style? Like, he's actually shooting footage of a little kid running around with him. Imagine it's Joe Dworsky telling his history from his point of view. So you gonna get <laughs> I uh I love his comic book stuff. I uh he's an interesting thinker. He's got some uh yeah. some far out trips, man. But I do love how Central and the fest really brings together us non-traditional movie fans. There's not a lot of places uh, that that uh, provide that kind of thing. Uh, you know, we uh, for years with the festival, tons of people said, "Oh, it'd be so cool if there was a place that you could show this stuff all year round." And uh, Eventually, William and Nick heard it so often that they said, well, maybe we should be the ones to do it. So I commend them for having taken the initiative to do it. Because uh, yeah. if, if, you, if you love movies, you know, Regal and AMC, they, they uh, are obviously serving a purpose. And I love the work that those companies do. But uh, I don't always want to go watch the movies that are in the those chain theaters that week or – Sometimes I would like to go see a movie in a theater that isn't necessarily like the kind of thing that they might have at any given moment with whatever big blockbuster. Yeah, it's like uh, when me and uh, uh, Jameson, we end up going to the witch at the same time just on pure accident. No, yeah, that... uh, Yeah. The first thing we said when it was over was, I can't believe we've seen this in the mainstream pick movie theater. Yeah, I was going to say, that got a big release for the kind of movie it is. Yeah. Uh, also, those Ari, those Ari Aster movies are like that, too. Uh, I mean, those are all 824, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they, they uh, up, I think he paid for it himself. Uh, wow, that's crazy. Well, there ain't that many sets to it. Uh, well, no, I mean, not as far as, like, the producer for the movie, but the distributor. Um, you know, A24 puts a lot of those kind of weird art movies out in front of bigger audiences than what they might otherwise get a lot of times. Um, yeah. I just think it's a pain, and this doesn't just go for William and the crew. 
how much of a pain in the ass it is for the little theaters to get the little theater movies if they're released by a semi-big studio. Well, I mean, uh, uh, as far as what's done well over the course of the year with movies like that, like a movie like Lords of Chaos, that was Mm -hmm. wasn't a huge movie, but it did really well, and it it was uh, received well by the public. Uh, The House That Jack Built, I mean, I guess that's kind of like a bigger movie, but that was still an indie movie um, that people responded really strongly to. But then some of that other stuff, um, well, we were talking about Dragged Across Concrete, you know, that's that was a fucking awesome indie movie, but people didn't really respond that well to it. Not a lot of people came out for it. Is it the timing, or is it the way it was advertised? Uh, you know, that's, uh, I guess, part of what uh, Central Cinema has been figuring out the yeah, formula no, for. Okay, that movie because the poster sucked. That movie because the trailer sucked. Now, the trailer drives angry. That trailer, when you first seen it, you're like, what the fuck is this movie? It's just Nicolas Cage driving around in a car and someone chasing him. Uh, yeah, who's the chicken that... Uh... The Amber Heard in there. Yeah. Yeah. But then you get to the movie itself, and it's a demon rises from hell to kill a satanic cult who's trying to raise a demon from hell to keep them from killing his grandbaby. Why the devil's uh, bookkeeper is tracking him down. Really? Is that what that movie's about? I never did watch it. Uh... (laughs) Yes. Nicolas Cage escapes from hell with... The God with a gun called the God Killer, powerful enough to kill God and the devil himself, and he's going after these guys who kidnapped his granddaughter. <laughs> Damn, the trailer really did not sell that for me. Then, uh, you know, I love Nicolas Cage. I guess I'll watch it. It's one of his better ones, along with Mandy. Did you get to see that at Central when they played it? Uh, yes, I did. That was that was a lot of fun. I watched that uh, with the double feature with Lords of Chaos. Yeah, Very I thought it was awesome when I was leaving Mandy. How many people were there in makeup? Oh, uh, uh, how many people turned out in uh, death metal makeup, black metal makeup? Sorry, not death metal. Uh, nobody was there in corpse paint, but uh, uh, everybody still seemed really into it. It was fun. Yeah, that's what, that's the thing about Central. Most a lot of the mainstream theaters won't let you come dressed up anymore. Oh, can you not dress up as a Jedi to go watch uh, whatever fucking Star Wars bullshit? Right, that was the big um, thing. You know, it was like the new Star Wars that's coming out. It was like because of certain incident. It was because of the whole Dark Knight Rises incident. They used the fact that the guy walked with a gun as an excuse to say, well, because this one guy had a gun, we're not going to let you take obvious toy uh, lightsabers into the theater. What's the world coming to? Well, you'll be delighted to know that there were... Yeah. But in Central, you can wear a costume. costume. 
some people did show up dressed as Jedi's to uh, Return of the Jedi. I was, I was happy to yeah. see. I can remember when Temple of Doom came out. There was like a line around the block. It was at, no, pretty much all those theaters. <laughs> the one on Clinton where they turned half of the Twin Air into a theater. The Ritz? The Twin Air Drive-In, the one that they closed half of the drive-in and turned it into an indoor theater. Really? Where is that? I don't know anything about that. That was the it's where the Walmart is now. It's closed. But when Temple didn't come out, there were people lined around the box office, dressed up as Indiana Jones with bull whips. And they allowed that in the theater. Oh, wow, that's awesome. I didn't know that there used to be a drive-in back there. Uh, you know, it used to be like a car lot. Uh, oh, and, you know, Harrison's was there, too. That was like the only place you could go get a liquor drink in Anderson County for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's where the, new, it's where the Super Walmart is across from the Target. It used to be a big two-screen drive-in. The show the Target? Man, the mm-hmm. last movie I've seen before they shut down the first screen was Tron. I'm old. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Do you ever go to the uh, Ritz in Clinton? No, what's that? It's uh, it's like a one-screener across from the uh, courthouse in Clinton. Oh, nice. Uh, they usually show at 7 and 9 or 6 and 9, yeah. depending on... Uh, what movie it is, but uh, I think they usually only show on weekends, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of thing. Um, yeah, because it ain't like the old days where people would go see a movie seven days a week. Oh, yeah, no, uh, they uh, they have limited uh, staffing as well there, but uh, I used to love going there as a kid. I, I, I don't think they show rated R movies there, but that's where I watched the last Lord of the Rings movie. Uh, I watched Star Wars Episode Two and Three there. Uh, Steven Spielberg World of the Worlds. Uh, oh, they still I show stuff. I guess. Like they tried to do one time that uh, William and the guys could have gotten the Midtown Drive-In for one night. Uh, you know, I. I don't know if that's still on the table. I think there was still some negotiation with that. I'd love to see that happen. Uh, yeah, because I'm going I up still... to uh, Pittsburgh next month, and uh, they're having a thing with uh, all Spanish horror for both nights. Paul Noski, The Blind Dead, and things like that. It's a two-night thing, $10 a night. At the Miracle Drive-In? Yeah, $10 a night. At the Miracle Drive-In. No, it's up in uh, Pittsburgh. Oh. Romero oh, yeah, that. yeah, that sounds awesome. I would love to go to that. But I thought you meant that that was at the Merrill Drive. I was about to fucking cancel yeah. all my plans. Yeah, so, I would love yeah, to I'm see a- uh, something like that be be able to be arranged, uh, whether it be as a, a horror fest event or whatever. Uh, but uh, I don't know what kind of crowd Paul Nashy draws. Like, I don't know how many uh, hardcore horror heads would come out for that kind of thing. 
Well, they always sell out no matter what it is. Uh, Now people come in from other states, me included. Oh, yeah, I guess Paul Nashie has a uh, worldwide fan base. Well, it's for the experience, you know. Right. Young kids were growing up. The young kids, they come around 20 or 30, heard their parents talking about how great the drive-in was when they're kids. And then you got the second group, which was parents who want their kids to experience the old films in a drive-in. And third is just those of us who love drive-in movies and want to see them in their proper element. Uh, I think Paul Nashie would probably be a little more fun at a drive-in than at Central Cinema. I would love to see that kind of thing at Central Cinema, but uh, I don't know who, uh, what kind of crowd that draws. Again, like they showed Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, and uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie in full. Have you seen I Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song? No, you showed No, they, they, they showed it um, because, I mean, it's, uh, it's a historical film. Uh, it's one of the first... Yeah. Independently produced black movies written and directed by uh, or and starring a uh, African American male. Uh, And if you've ever seen the movie, it's usually not a very good quality. Like there's not a very good print usually available uh, in terms of VHS and DVD release. So they got like a good quality. Restoration. Yeah, Vinegar Syndrome uh, redid it and re-released it. I think last year. Oh, awesome! That uh, that makes sense. Then they they do a lot of. And I'll forgive you for saying that. I'll forgive you. (laughs) Saying that I haven't seen Sweet Sweet Back. Yeah, I assumed that you had, but I didn't want to be too presumptuous. Uh, That seems like that would be a a They had to cancel. A lot of their black theme movies. Uh, I think that some people, maybe rightfully, uh, take umbrage with the idea of black exploitation. But when I met uh, Fred uh, Fred Williamson, the oh, Hammer, God, yeah, you know yeah. When I met him, somebody actually was asking him, like, what he thinks of. Uh, the idea or the term black exploitation. He said he looked at the guy and said, "Who was being exploited?" To me, I was getting paid to act uh, by, you know, a company that was owned by or, or that was funded by black producers or or black filmmakers, black directors, black uh, writers, and fellow black actors. So, uh, at a time yeah. when a lot of black actors weren't getting work other places. Those black actors were still working through that kind of stuff. Um, so to Fred Williamson, it was just an honest day's work uh, that represented his life at the time. So I thought that that was, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, the only film of those that you picked that I wouldn't have picked is probably Soul Vengeance. I'm not familiar with it. I can't say I've seen it. Uh, it's the one about the guy who goes to prison and nearly gets his penis cuts off, so he gets out of prison, and he his prison and his dick can grow, and he uses it to strangle the people that put him in prison. 
Oh, yeah, I am familiar with the uh, movie you're talking about now. Uh, that scene yeah, you might know it is Welcome Home, Brother Charles. Yeah, that scene is pretty infamous, obviously, uh, yeah. in terms of, of genre filmmaking. Uh, so I guess that's got some historical value, too, but... Um, in watching Sweet Sweetback's Bad that Song at Central Cinema, it was the best version of it I've ever seen. And it was fantastic to watch again and nobody else was there. I don't I don't think hardly anybody showed up for it. Oh man. Um, That's So you gotta play to your audience. Yeah, you gotta I mean, yeah, you well, you need to take risks. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sure. It's just sad that Sweetback didn't go on. Have you ever seen Badass, the film that Mario Van Peebles made about yeah, his father's movie. movie? Yeah, the uh, biography, I guess, like, uh, what did that come out in the early 2000s? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it when it came out. It was uh, interesting. You know, I, I guess at the time that I saw it, I didn't know... Uh, sweet Sweetback's Badass song as well as I know it now, so probably be more informative to go back and watch it again. Well, it has the best line ever about independent filmmaking. What's that? When he meets the guys from Earth, Wind, and Fire, and the guy's like, I got a band. Could you do the song for $50? Yeah, I'll do it. And then Mario Melvin goes in to edit, and it cuts back out. You know you ain't got no band. You don't know that. Cut back into Melvin. Dad, you don't have the money. He don't know that. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like business What's to me. Your favorite movie that you've seen during the first year? Uh, at Central Cinema, geez, what's the most fun that I had watching a movie? Hmm. Uh, we watched the 35 millimeter version of Jurassic Park the other day. That was uh, that was pretty amazing. I don't know if that's going to be the one that plays for the anniversary or what, but uh, that was really good. Um, watching Star Crash on 35 millimeter that was a lot oh, of fun with everybody. That. <laughs> yeah, that movie sucks totally. The fucking Marjo Gortner and Joe Spinell in the perm from hell is bad. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. But everybody was having fun watching it. I, I think that was the best way to watch it. I watched it on YouTube and really hated it, but watching it on 35 mm is really fun. Um, let's see. Oh, watching Knife Plus Heart was really good. Uh, that's on Shudder uh, now. I need to but see that one. It was uh, uh, actually a pretty, pretty good, scary movie. Um, let's see. Oh, I just watched Phantasm uh, when they showed that last month. That was one of the... I mean, I, I had watched that at the Horror Fest when it played a couple of years ago, and that was a lot of fun, too. I guess I just really love that movie. But uh, it was really fun watching the theater the other day. Yeah, no, oh, Phantasm is just great. It's Ravager wasn't. 
I, I had fun watching Phantasm Ravager. I don't know if I would have fun watching it at home now, but it was fun watching it in the theater the same weekend as watching the first one again. I would say my best of their first year is Mandy. Just Mandy. I love that insane movie. Uh, yeah, that was really uh, that was a lot of fun seeing it in a theater. I actually broke down and watched it on VOD before they wound up playing at the theater because I didn't know if they were going to get it, and then mm-hmm. they did. Um, so it was cool watching it again. Um, did you listen to? Uh, have you listened to that Elijah Wood podcast, Visitations? No. Uh, Elijah Wood has a, a podcast on Shutter. Uh, called Visitations, where he interviews people, but he uh, interviews Panos Cosmopatos, or however you say his name. And um, he was talking about the format of how you watch movies, like affecting the way that that you interact with the movie, like like watching Videodrome on a tape in a tube TV is, is... uh, so thematically relevant to the story that's almost more interesting to watch it that way than to watch it Especially on a beta tape. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, as opposed to watching it on like you know a, a high definition projection movie screen, uh, uh, yeah. which I would argue with just because it's one of my favorite movies. And I'd love to watch it in a movie theater, but. Uh, I get the point that he's making. But watching Mandy uh, on my TV at home, as opposed to a big screen movie theater, two totally different experiences uh, for the same movie. Uh, so it's cool that he was thinking of that when he was making the movie. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the final question tonight is, how weird is it in the past five years that if you look up fucked up movies and you're like, I wonder if this is any good. Elijah Wood's name as a producer is almost like a seal of quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who would have thought that uh, Frodo Baggins would, would uh, be killing it on the horror game? Uh, I wouldn't have guessed it, but, uh, I mean, he's been in the movie biz his whole life. It, it kind of figures he'd have some insight into the genre side of filmmaking that most people probably wouldn't even think to have. Like in that in that uh, podcast, he's talking to John Landis, and uh, I don't want to be advertising Elijah Woods' podcast on your podcast, but uh, he's talking to uh, John Landis about uh, uh, Christopher Lee, uh, and there's not very many people that are going to have like a candid conversation about knowing Christopher Lee personally, but Elijah Wood and John Landis both can. Uh, so it's cool that somebody who has that much uh, experience in the biz uh, has kind of taken it on the idea of being a champion of, of genre filmmaking. Uh, yeah, he, he was a producer on Greasy Strangler too, wasn't he? Yeah. That was a horror That may be the hit. most fun I've seen an audience have. Yeah, I was gonna say that was one of the most fun times I've ever had at uh, at a yeah. horror fest event. If you watched a Greasy Strangler alone, 
you're not going to have as much fun. But if you watch it with a fully packed house and people there to be raucous and just enjoy the movie, then it's going to be a bigger blast than it would. Absolutely. I uh, I don't think I would have been able to make it through the uh, uh, dipping the hot dog in grease and eating it scene if I was by myself. But thankfully I could make it through with everybody else around me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the fun of seeing movies at, at a movie theater. Yeah. Or more of a small one rather than a corporate one like that bizarre theater they screen they have in the pinnacle where it has the rain. You feel the rain. That Sensorama theater they have. I'm like, good God, that's insane. Uh, Yeah, I haven't uh, gone to that yet. I I read a thing about that. uh, You know, I'm I'm certainly not against it, but it's not the intimate movie experience that uh, I do like at a smaller screen movie theater. Yeah. And to close, the last movie I I wish they could get a hold of was get a 35mm print of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to show in Knoxville, damn it. So we'll see about that. Maybe one, maybe one day. Uh, maybe Quentin will do a uh, touring road show for that, like Hateful Eight. Yeah. And thank you for being on, and, well, thank you for all your work you do for the Knoxville Horror Fest. Oh, it's a, a pleasure for me to volunteer at those kind of things. I, uh, I'm i a fan first and foremost, and uh, I'm a fan of your show, Steve. I, I like a lot of the journalistic uh, work you do uh, with, with uh, genre films and that kind of stuff, so I thank you for having me on your show as well. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Right now, it's time for the final interview of the night. The Queen of the Cats herself, the queen, the mistress of cosplay, actress, producer, director, scripter, booker's, booker of obscure kitty films in the 90s, which she's turned out to be right. I'm wrong. I'll admit it. Huh? Miss Jessica Snit. She wasn't around for as far as I've seen the first year. The first time that I recognized her, and I'm still embarrassed by this, we talk about it on the interview coming up, but you're listening. And without any of these puzzle pieces, here are some missing puzzle pieces that really they couldn't be on the show. One is Kelly Robinson, who is... The programmer for not for the Knox Knoxferatu, the silent film show that she shows every month, and it started at maybe the fourth Knoxville Horror Fest, and it just keeps on chugging along. And it's a major part that I don't know many people do listen, but yeah, they you need to go see. She knows her stuff when it comes to the. Silent movies. She is the stuff. And another important piece is Ricky Bates. Who 
by unintentional is really a big part of the thing. One, the Knoxville Horror Fest has shown all of his movies there, but the first short film that wasn't one of Williams or the local Knoxville scene shown at the Knoxville Horror Fest was Ricky Bass Excision, the first long-form movie ever shown at the Knoxville Horror Fest was Ricky Bass Excision there. And the first film to win the best movie, and it being the very first movie ever being shown, so that's kind of unexpected, was Ricky Bates' Trash Fire. And on this Friday, as I'm recording this, they're playing his new film, Tone Death. So thank you for being a part of it, Ricky Bates. And also, we couldn't get her because she's busy to really go promote her sold-out screening in London of her new short, One Last Meal, congratulations, and is about to start something big involving the stylist, that's Jill Six. And she is now a programmer of the festival, uh, head of the karaoke party, she is a big part of the festival now. And thank you to her for bringing her goodness there. And now let's get to the interview with Jessica. And we'll be back for a few final words after it's over. Thank you for listening again on KSDAD Radio from me and everyone at Central Cinema. Thank you. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. We're waiting for the last guest of the night. Well, it has been a year and 11 years for the Knoxville Horror Fest. It has been one of the, became slowly through the years, one of the most fun parts of Halloween and one of the parts I can't wait for. And usually whenever I write a top ten list for this the, the year, I usually have to wait till I go to the Knoxville Horror Fest because he always pulls out a one-two punch that adds a brand new title to the list, like uh, Tragedy Girls, uh, The Clove Hitch Killer, A Field in England, and just always some kind of very good surprises. And I wish I could put short films on there because I have seen some of the best short films ever. Like, there's a new Thanksgiving tradition out that the short film first got shown at the Knoxville Horror Fest, and that would be Invaders. What are the best home invasion shorts you've ever seen? And it's on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, you need to. It's freaking hilarious. It's the best movie about killers who have to decide which mask they're going to wear before they go into a home invasion ever. And, of course, there's the chickening, which is also on YouTube. You just need to see it. And you go over to Voodoo and see great ones like Goat Witch. Yes, I know I make a lot of goat jokes, but Goat Witch is just damn. I mean, really, just look at the word Damn with like three or four, and that's a gold witch. It's good. And there's, and also the trilogy of Brian Lanano, which, which I call that guy's last three short films they've shown. Uh, 
which is free to watch on YouTube. And William, which if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube and see it. But warning, it's not for the kiddies, even though it has a cute little ugly gremlin creature. And then there's William's Tricks for Treats. Treats for Tricks. Tricks for Treats, yeah. And, of course, the film... Hello there. Hey. This is Jessica Ship from the Knoxville Horror Fest. Say hello, Jessica. Hey, Stephen. How you doing? Good. And you picked perfect timing because I was talking about the three films that Brian, well, the four films that Brian Lanano has shown at the fest, and I was right at the fourth one. You don't have any connection to uh, BFF girls, do you? Uh, I've got a small connection, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) She is one Um, of the lead actresses in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was really fun doing. It was like my actually my favorite um, film I've ever done. He's a really great director and just person all around and I've got to wheel out this giant paper wheel here just so I can describe her accomplishments let's see oh, uh, you don't... <laughs> well thank you well explain let's see cosplayer uh, <laughs> she works for a film company a distribution company soon to be soon to be writer Soon to be director, actress. I know it's it's pretty. Um, uh, I've got like a long list that hopefully I'll be able to achieve. I I am working on the, um, finishing my short film script because I figure if I don't get it done now, then it will never be done. So. <laughs> yeah, you need to make it while you still got a guaranteed place to play it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't see you the first two. Well, I didn't go to the club show film on the sheet years, but I didn't see you to about the second one that you guys shown at the downtown west. Which the one, first full which day? One was, I'm sorry. Which one was it? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the first part. Uh, I didn't, the first time I seen you there was at the second, well, the, yeah, the second day, time that you ran, you guys ran films at the Downtown West, the first one that was a full day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, I think, um, around, uh, I think that was around 2014. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I think maybe we had Ricky Bates. One of his movies might have been um, featured, which were actually screening his latest, um, which I think you, William said that you brought up uh, that we're screening his latest movie, um, Tone Deaf, on the yeah. like kind of anniversary, <laughs> which is really yeah, cool because we didn't realize that. <laughs> and I looked up the first 
short film that you ever saw shown from an outside director was Ricky Bake's Excision. The first film oh, yeah. that you showed yeah. Yeah. was Ricky Bake's Excision. <laughs> yeah. I know. He's so cool. Like he's he's a really good guy. Like I'm I'm really, really excited about um his new movie. And I still feel bad that I didn't re- – I feel bad because as a Joe Dworsky acolyte, I feel horrible for not recognizing your costume <laughs> the first time that you took tickets in full costume. That was like I uh, I, pre- I appreciate that you, you thought it was a good costume because that was – I think we – I think I honestly watched um, Santa Sangre – the week mm-hmm. before, and I was like, I'm going to do that, <laughs> and, like, just threw that together, and it wasn't the best it could have been, and I've seen better costumes, but I appreciate that you liked it, because <laughs> well, I think a lot of people just a, had no clue. girl from Santa Sangre. How could you? You got the little <laughs> details right on the facial makeup. Oh, thank you. I think it's from dance, just because I took dance growing up, so I was like, I knew yeah. about Maybe just like, oh, I'm just supposed to like paint my face with like a clown, really. <laughs> well, yeah, after that, it just seems like it keeps getting bigger and bigger. This last yeah, year, yeah. Being four days. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When did you, when did you guys? Decided to go over the top and said, "Okay, we want our, we want our own theater now." Um. Well, this was always something that was. Uh, this was like a really, a, a kind of a pipe dream that William talked about all the time, and um, he would just you know talk about it to me, and I was like, "Well, uh, why don't we just do it?" Because we don't have this here, so I don't see why we shouldn't. And we have a, like, you know, the Horror Fest would definitely support us because we're the only, I mean, it's the only Horror Fest in Knoxville. So (laughs) I think Knoxville is, like, lacking in terms of this stuff. So I was like, yeah, let's just do it. Like, I think that we could probably get people to support us in this. And we're lucky enough to have that. It's actually, like, exceeded what I've ever, what we have ever thought we'd even, you know, support-wise Yeah, I can remember uh, <laughs> you going on Facebook and, and like a timid tone, uh, do you think any one of you guys would see, want to, want to see Return to Oz and then a <laughs> deluge? <laughs> yeah, that was really exciting. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so glad that other people know this movie. <laughs> well, don't forget a lot of the 90s kids' films that you're showing, most of your generation's kids didn't see them on the big screen. They seen them on VHS. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's how I saw Return to Oz. My aunt taped it on, uh, I don't even know, like, probably like a station it was probably like when disney did that free channel thing she probably taped it and like that's how i found it (laughs) but so that watching it at central cinema was the first time 
I'd ever seen it on a big screen and I was like close to tears because it was like it's still my favorite movie and it was like incredible I mean it was just as like good as I could imagine it being are you guys thinking about showing the dark crystal when the new series hits on Netflix um you know I I don't know um, because I don't do but William does all the booking um, I'm sure he's probably looking into it. And also, I mean, I feel like it, it, it depends on, like, a rights thing. Because, like, when rights, like, for example, I think last year when we opened, we wanted to show Jurassic Park. But because there was something going on, they the, the rights were, like, insanely high. Or they just wouldn't let us. Um, but, so I, I really don't know about, like, Dark Crystal right now. I'm, I'm sure he's looking at it, and if, if there's not a big issue with, like, the show coming out and everything, then it's probably already set, but I haven't, there's, like, it's, it's, like, so, um, everything's, like, really convoluted right now because we both work full-time, and, like, we do this also, and then we, I work a third job, and, like, it's just really hard to like stay in in touch with everything we're showing. Like I didn't even know we were showing a, th- a house of a thousand corpses until I was at the theater like a few days ago, and someone was like, "Oh, they're showing house of a thousand corpses," and I looked, I like turned around on the screen. I'm like, "Oh, we are." I had no clue, like because that's how busy. <laughs> it's like I can't keep up with everything, but um. I'm sure that I mean we're definitely looking into it because we know that people love it and like it's a fuck it's an amazing movie so of course like if we don't now we will soon. Yeah, well it's like uh, after you announced the theater, I was think, and that year the biggest year you had at the West, I was thinking I said, oh you're going to do a theater, you're going to get married. This is a yeah, guy who yeah. isn't afraid to take big risks all at once. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was that was the scariest year of my life, of our lives, and also, but I don't regret. I mean, I don't regret it. It was like the scariest, but most exciting. And I don't know. There was a lot of stuff that happened last year. <laughs> Yeah, I can remember the first time I went there, I was just like, wow, they did it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, we really appreciate your your support, for sure. Now you need to do a GoFund for uh, uh, floor lights. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, for, yeah, I know. <laughs> you wouldn't believe, like, we, the amount of, like, uh, like um, there's a lot of like terms that you have to pass before you open. It's like insane stuff that you were like, I had no clue that because you've been okay. So you 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 can go to a place and the sink is on isn't on the left side, but because that that place is like five years older than your building, even though our building is like a hundred years old. <laughs> But technically, it was in movie theaters, so then we had to move the sink, and, like, <laughs> it's just really funny. I like all the stuff you have to go through. <laughs> I'd hate to see how much 
red tape you guys went through to secure the food trucks. Yeah, that's like, um, well, I mean, we have, the good thing about that is that, so we've got uh, uh, Tampoco, Tampopo, I've never seen it, but um, Ramen Bones, which is one of my favorite, like probably is my favorite food truck that exists in Knoxville. If you haven't eaten there, it's like, it's the best. I mean, it's like it's like the best ramen you'll ever have. Uh, yeah, William didn't like ramen. <laughs> Tampopo is the movie. You, if you go see Tampopo, go see the first screening, because that's when the yeah, food Saturday. is going there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You cannot there, watch Tampopo. And the first thought after your movie is, where can I get me some noodles? Yeah, I know. <laughs> They'll be there for both screenings on Saturday. And right now, I, I'm i not sure. Like, Sunday isn't confirmed, so I don't know if they have something going on Sunday. Like, um, that wasn't – I haven't booked that. But, like, I think it's, like, up in the air right now, um, depending on their schedule. Their schedule, But, like, I'm sure they'd be more than happy to be there if they could. But it is the best – like, William didn't even like ramen until he had <laughs> – bears and then he he just gets it all the time and it'll be like 100 degrees outside and he'll like get it and eat it and just be sweating but like happy (laughs) so it's definitely i mean and they were the sweetest people like they're just both so like they're every experience i've ever had with them they're the sweetest and like just very genuine people and enjoy what they do so Yeah. yeah The two biggest surprises that you guys are doing this month for me is, uh, well, one, Tampopo, and second, Fire in the Sky. That one, my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> yeah, that was, William and I were actually talking about that. That was a movie that he saw when he, he actually had his mom take him to that at the theater. And he said that, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this was the movie where he, not because of what happened in the movie, but because of the swearing that his mom was like, I'm not taking you to another movie for a long time. He was probably like five or six or something when that came out. Um, but we actually started rewatching it the other day. And, I mean, everyone knows that one scene that's, like, totally messed them up, you know, when they because it was really, like, PG-13. Yeah. But it shouldn't have been. <laughs> oh. I think Brian even... Maybe Brian said that he had, like, nightmares from that movie. If not him, then there was somebody. If, well, William definitely did. But um, we started watching it, like, two nights ago. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we saw this. Um, and, like, I think we were just, like, skimming through it. But it was a long time ago. And it looks incredible. Like, the the um, the lighting is cool. If you like, if you're into, like, you know that you know that movie like um, it's got you know that what's the girl's name from Indiana Jones the first one? Oh yeah like yeah yeah girl. her. Rocket is it called Rocket Man or Space Man or something? Yeah. Oh Starman. Yeah Starman. It reminds me of like that style of that movie. Um, the way it's shot, it kind of reminded me of that just because of, like, the setting of, like, in the South, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, I knew the case so, went into the movie. I thought it was just going to be another one of those UFO movies. Then I was like, damn. Oh, no. Yeah, it's like a true story. And the guy is, I think, going to be here soon for a convention. That's Travis Walden. That's pretty much, I think, why uh, CreepyCon is setting up the screening. Oh, right. Yeah. I haven't gotten to talk to him, but I'm, yeah, I'm really interested. Like, William has, I think William's spoken to him before. um, Yeah, he was at the con last year, uh, Fanboy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so I was there last year at Fanboy, but I wasn't there. We had a booth, but, like, I think I was only there two days, and then I had to work for something or do something else. But um, William definitely talked to him, and. I mean, I'm I'm really uh, interested in talking to him about the like you know the experience and everything like yeah, his I mean, book and just, all that. It's always this way at month with Central Cinema. I have a thing. It's not what you're going to see during the month. It's what you're going to miss. That's what you got to <laughs> plan. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be able to show it again. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that I think it's crazy because we have people coming in. They're like, I didn't even know you guys were here. And I'm like, well, hopefully we can show everything that we can show, like, the stuff that you guys might want to see. But, you know, it takes, a, it takes a while to get word out, you know. Yeah, I know. It's one of those people like, is there anything? Well, someone asked me, we're coming down to Gatlinburg. What should you do? And I'm like, don't go to Gatlinburg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I like to keep pushing every movie fan. I was like, are you a movie geek? Yeah. Go to Central Cinema. They will have something you want to see. Oh, well, thank you. We appreciate that. And uh, it's going to be nice seeing you finally make your own movie after you've been in a maybe like, well, it just looks like there's always one short a year at the Grindhouse that you you participate uh. in. Yeah, that's like, I just miss acting, and I think I just, uh, I mean, well, I'll be in one with, like, our, you know, our friend Jason will do one, and um, I'll ask if I can be in it, but um, I don't expect to be in it, because I don't know, the way I feel is, like, I don't think that everyone always enjoys seeing me, and I don't want to feel like I'm obligated, because I'm the wife of the guy that runs the festival, so... <laughs> I don't want people to be like, oh, that's the festival runner's wife. So, <laughs> I don't know. But I do enjoy acting, and, like, I don't expect to be, like, awarded anything. I just like doing it. And you did win awards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Jason did. But that's, like, I didn't, yeah. I don't. I you really won a special acting award for BFF Girls Audience Award. Oh no! Well, no, that no, I didn't win an award. That was like Brian won like audience favorite. Um, he always wins audience favorite. I know. <laughs> we yeah, did not go like yeah. our birdie gay gay goblins. Yeah, I know, right? Um. He actually is working on a feature right now. I'm really excited uh excited to to see it whenever I mean it's gonna take a while obviously, but I mean for him to do a feature that's exciting. 
And plus, he's busy right now with, well, what happened last week. That's uh, the main reason why yeah. I didn't have to be on. Uh, well, I asked him, but I didn't push for him to be on uh, this anniversary show for you guys because of that. Yeah, yeah, it's understandable. He's, you know, he's been going, you know, going through it as I can't even imagine how it would be because I haven't had it happen. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a very trying time for him right now. Yeah. And well, before we go, the best way to describe Jessica is most people – when they move and start to build a theater and they see a bunch of feral cats, most of them no. go, oh, I'm going to call the Humane Society and have them taken off. Jessica, okay, you go get food dishes. You go get water dishes. <laughs> I'm getting cat food. I can't really uh, I appreciate it. I can't really take all the credit because um, Sarah, that she works next door at the Time Warp Tea Room, which is, like, right next to us. Um, yeah. She actually, and her and Eleanor, um, Eleanor is Adam Deal's girlfriend. Adam Deal has done our artwork for the Horror Fest the past three years, I think. And um, she set up the first, uh, she works with feral feline. She set up a trap, like a trap, spay, neuter, and release thing. So Eleanor was able to trap, I think, two or three of the cats and then give them shots and, you know, their flea medicine and everything. I mean, these were cats that just showed up because people weren't take, taking care of them and they just basically built a commune on our area. And so she took that into her hand, own hands, which was like, very often for free and um, yeah. release them and they are the sweetest cats and then Sarah next door who works for Dan at Time Warp just scheduled they, one of them that was not able to be trapped had kittens of course so um, she scheduled a trapping for them to spay and neuter and give shots to and from what I know that has turned out well so I mean there it's getting to where like almost all of them come around now. So like, it's just hard because the traps are so few. So like some of them, like they only have two traps and we can't use all of them at once. But, um, I definitely, we feed them. Dan has, you know, places for them to stay. They're like taking care of in the winter. I have clean water for them. Like, yeah. I mean, I love them. <laughs> she like, says I, that, but I can tell you last year I was at the fest waiting for my cousin Anton to come out of the bathroom. And yeah. I heard a little knock, knock, knock on the door. And then about yeah. 30 later, a little knock, knock, knock. And then all of a sudden, hey, the cats are outside. They're knocking on the door. They want some food. Oh. They were probably looking for me. <laughs> I have, like, a feeder. I've got a feeder out there for them, you know, that distributes. But there's been a raccoon, I think, coming around lately that's been stealing. I think it might be pregnant because I saw, I saw it, and it was very big. Um, no. But Dan, I think, scared it off. I don't know. But 
Um, I mean, I just went out there again today and refilled their thing. And I'm going to, I just don't have time to go down there every day because of everything else going on. But um, I'm going to try to, especially when winter comes around, because we've got the kittens now. So, like, I want to make sure that they're all, you know, safe and fed. And I really don't want them getting picked up and being put in a shelter where they'll be put down if no one adopts them. So, um, it's okay to have feral cats if you take care of them, in my opinion. My my grandma had them. Oh, we did. So. We got yeah. this feral black cat that comes around, gets rid of all the, the mice. Exactly, a farm cat, a barn cat. And it's like, yeah, that's probably why they hang around, because, like, I mean, it's an, a very, very old, we have never seen a mouse once. It's like over a 100-year-old building. Yeah. So. And the last thing, what's that charity for animals that you always uh, tell people to donate to? I think oh, on your that, you had donate to this. Yeah, that is um, almost home animal, anim, almost home animal shelter. That's a organization that is. It's a very small one, based out of Knoxville. That um, a friend of mine, Cheryl, that lives in Austin, Texas now, I believe, or if not Austin, then. She were actually worked for like um I met her at Joy Television. She's like a host, and she had six dogs that I would sit for, but they were all the sweetest dogs. And um, she worked a lot with like uh this rescue, and almost it was almost home, which took in at least three dogs that I can think of right now. Um, they're based they they're actually based out of Farragut or Concord, Tennessee. Um. So yeah, they they're doing a lot of work with cats right now, and they um, for the most part will take the animals they have to I believe the PetSmart on weekends, and they'll always they have a, a Facebook page. They'll always um, announce when they're going to do that. So um, if you or anyone you know wants to adopt a kitty or a pup that has been neglected or abused then that's definitely a a great rescue to to work with because it's all them just doing it on their own and well thank you for being on Jessica and thanks to all you guys for all of the fun that you've given us movie fans for the past year and hopefully there's a lot more and we do have the Knoxville Horror Fest coming up it's one of the best parts of October. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I know William does too. Will you dress and up this year? What? <laughs> Are you going to dress up this year? Pop. For the horse? No, remember we'll be at the downtown <laughs> east on the big day and uh, they don't allow costumes anymore. Oh, they don't. Really, just like I mean, I thought if your face was, if you you can see your face, are they not gonna let me in? Yeah. Oh, and I want to tell you something. We'll that see, went we'll see what happens. The first year I went down to uh, uh, the Warriors used to be Scruffy City Hall. Oh yeah. 
you came out in full Laura Palmer wrapped in plastic blue. <laughs> and the thought that, that went funny. to my head is if William gives up or loses a girl that would go that far with a Laura Palmer <laughs> costume, he deserves to be shot. Oh. So that's insane dedication there. <laughs> Thank you. I uh, <laughs> It was fun walking. Actually, the next day I did Frankenhooker, and that was fun because they have a, I didn't realize, have a church on the Market Square, and I was walking down in a purple bra and a skirt with my face painted white <laughs> and purple hair. My hair was purple. So, yeah, that was, oh, my God, that was so fun, seeing how many people stared at me. That was, like, the best moment in my life. <laughs> And okay, thank you. And people in the, in the East Tennessee and Knoxville area, come out. You complain about Halloween being too short. Go to Central. They're always showing good stuff for Halloween. And if you like the Firefly family, this is a maybe now. I heard maybe you might get a chance to see all three Firefly films in one place. Maybe. 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 <laughs> and with that, good night. Give your dog a scratch behind the ears for me. Aw. <laughs> All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Have a good night. Hey, well, it's been to a year, and it's time to go, and they have shown some of the greatest movies I've ever seen. I always have to make room on my top ten list for after the Knoxville Horror Fest, because they always pull amazing stuff out of the seat of their pants. And I'm not talking about that accident that William had that one year. Let's not get into that. But yes, thank you guys again for all of the good that you're doing for film in Knoxville. And if you're looking for something other than what's playing in the standard theaters, come to Central. There's bound to be something you're going to like. And with a surprise, yes, I've got surprises here. Here we go with a surprise interview. With that, good night, and always, always love and respect cinema and your fellow film goer, because they are you, and we are them. Good night, everybody. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. The Gargoyle. And I'm Eric, a.k.a. The Chimerican. And we are The Gargoyle Podcast, where we take movies seriously, but not ourselves. Uh, and we're here to say happy anniversary to Central Cinema. 
yeah happy anniversary guys yay um, yay all right we're done right um i think we could say a few more things uh, okay uh yeah central cinema um happy anniversary we are so excited um our, our for those of you out there who might be listening who do not listen to the gargoyle podcast uh, our connection with central cinema started back in 2016 the first time that uh, that i attended the knoxville horror film festival and then uh this year 2019 prior to the chat film fest they officially became our sponsors. So, um, yeah, we have loved them for years and years and years, and now our love is official. It's kind of like the podcast version of getting married, I guess. Kind of. I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. Why not? <laughs> I have a little bit. I Last year was the first year that I went to Knoxville Horror Film Fest, and I had an absolute, absolutely fantastic time. It was the first time I'd seen Central Cinema, and um, the, the theater there is just incredible. I absolutely love the atmosphere. I like the love of cinema there is just palpable. Yeah. Um, it is such a great place and it is a place that, um, I absolutely love to visit. And, um, we really appreciate all of the hard work you all do up there at central cinema to, um, just spread so much joy to us, uh, movie lovers <laughs> to to us lowly film goers yes yeah like it is very obviously a place that they built for themselves with love of everyone else you know like you Absolutely. walk in there and you know they did this because this is what they have a passion for mm-hmm. exactly but at the same time without like they're not elitist which i i so love the fact that regardless of what kind of movies you love regardless of um you know how often you actually get out to theaters when you show up there it's very much like olive garden when you're there you're family exactly yeah it's it definitely has a very welcoming atmosphere and it definitely it seems like a place that really has something for everyone yeah no matter what your tastes are yeah they've got cartoons for kids documentaries and um old timey things for people who like informational stuff we're great at things aren't we yes we are (laughs) yes we are that's why you all love us at central Um, cinema (laughs) that's why they tolerate us uh special events amazing lineup of movies special guests um and I, I was there for the evening with Jack Shoulder, and I just I was I was beaming. I was so excited. Um, yeah, the the live podcast that they do, and the uh, the karaoke, which I don't know if we've mentioned the fact before that they do karaoke there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do karaoke. That's it's amazing. Awesome. There's yeah. nowhere around here, no gr- good place around here that does karaoke unless you want to go to like the Legion. I mean, you can cut this part I, out. <laughs> I could I can just like turn on my phone and we can sing to it. We should do that. That's how we should end this podcast, this, end, this little spot. We should end everything with a karaoke. Might be the worst idea that we've ever had. Maybe. Um, all right. So all rambling aside, we absolutely adore Central Cinema and not just because they're our sponsors. Like our, our love for them extends beyond that. Yes. Yes, it does. Yes. <laughs> anyway we'll uh for those of you who don't listen to the podcast a lot of this is uh <laughs> is, is what you can expect well um let's put them all out of their misery and just say thank you guys so much for everything that you do we love central cinema happy birthday happy one year anniversary and please keep doing what you are doing happy dinoversary and we look forward to many 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 more years of dinoversaries please don't go extinct we love you <laughs> That was great. Please don't go extinct. <laughs> so that one you may need to add it a little bit. No, but... no, no, no. In fact, I'm including all this in keep, it too. Keep all the blemishes in there. <laughs>
<laughs> so it keeps them coming back. Exactly. Or, you know, makes them run away. Should, should we tell people where they can find us? If any of you actually um, want to hear full episodes of the Gargoyle podcast, just do a search wherever you get your podcasts. At, um, do a search for the Gargoyle podcast. G-A-R-G-Y-L-E. Because it is a gargoyle wearing an Argyle sweater. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>